Welcome to the Aaron Church Podcast, where our mission is bringing life to everyone, everywhere, every day. Each podcast episode features the latest talk from our church, which are released weekly. We're passionate about Jesus, love to worship together, and are committed to changing our community for the better. Connect with us at aaronchurch.com. Hello, everybody. Are we all all right? Yeah? Great. I just want to just say there's a lot to fit in this morning. So I'm literally just going to talk for about 10 minutes. So I just want to just say right at the beginning, guys, 10 minutes. Let's choose to concentrate. Let's choose to be open. Let's choose to listen to God because we can all just come to church every Sunday and we can listen to talks and we can go home or we can choose to come and engage and go home different. I just want to just say, let's, let's make that choice right now. You're responsible for yourself. I'm responsible for myself. And I just, let's, let's, let's choose not to just go through the motions, not just be a bum on a seat and, and just save face each week, but let's choose to be present and to be changed. Are we ready? Yeah. Okay, so we are continuing our Mountain Messages series and we're looking at the Beatitudes. So today we're looking at Matthew 5 verse 8. Blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. So the first thing that comes... Oh, hello Olive. You okay? (laughs) The first thing that comes um, to my mind when I read this is God is first and foremost for our hearts. He is deeply concerned about our innermost being. He wants to know what we are doing on the inwards. He doesn't care about the outwards. He's not interested on what we are portraying, what we are putting out there. He knows us intimately and he wants to know what's going on in here. Because what what we put out there isn't always real. What we put out there is often just for sure. And Jesus says right at the beginning, for those who are pure in heart. So we're going to be looking right at our heart. Now, when we think about our hearts in our culture and in this day and age, we think about our feelings, our our hearts, our emotions. But in the Greek, the heart referred to the human's innermost workings. So your heart refers to your thinking, your mind, your intellect. It refers to your feelings, your emotions. It referred to your will, your motivation. So so if I just reword it, whoever is pure in their thinking, their feelings and their motives will see God. Whoever is pure in their thinking, their feeling and their will. Now, when I think of who I know is pure in their thinking and feeling and will, the only example I can think of is children. When I think about my wonderful children, and I'm going to keep things general because my children have very listening ears, um, when they are feeling joyful, literally, they... (laughs) You see the sparkle in their eyes, you see their mouth, their whole bodies, they can't contain this joy. When they are feeling sad, they are noisy, their whole bodies slump, everything, 
everything. You see it. You feel it with them. And boy, when they are angry, the venom in their eyes, the noise that comes out, the feelings, I can see it shaking in their fists. I can read them like a book. And sometimes it's a bit scary. With their thoughts, whatever is going on in their mind comes out in their questioning, comes out in their play, comes out in what they discuss. It doesn't matter where we are. It doesn't matter if we're something, somewhere totally public and they ask me about what I did on the toilet earlier. They don't care. It's in their mind, so it just comes out. They are totally free. And the most interesting one is people often say children are like pure and innocent. Maybe it's just mine. Their motives, children's motives, they do not hide a single motive. Children are savage. Children will say to me, I'm going to invite them over to my house and then I'm not going to share my toys with them. And you think, whoa, all right, um, I don't really know what to do with that because that makes me feel like you're a horrible person. But really, they're just transparent with exactly what's going through their head, how you've made them feel. They will then say what they're going to do about it. I'm going to do this because then they will lose and I will win. And you're like, oh gosh, okay. Well, that is what would happen if you did that. But but we don't do that. That's not a kind thing to say or do or think. But in life, we learn to dampen that. We learn to separate that. We learn to hide that. We learn what we are willing to share and how we are willing to look. We divide the internal to the external. We become fearful with what others can see. And like Amy was saying, we put that mask on. What we're willing to let people see of us, we put that mask on. And what's more is we learn to deny what's going on internally. We learn to push it down or turn it off or pretend it's not there. In 1 Samuel 16, it says, man looks at outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. We can never, ever fully mask what's going on inside. We might do a pretty good job of it. Some of us are pretty good actors, but God knows and actually it it leaks out. It oozes out of us, sometimes by accident. Sometimes we let something escape and then we're like, oh no. And that fear comes back and that denial comes back. But Matthew 15 says, for what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart. Um, I have a friend and I'm just just aware of who's in the room. So I'm just going to tell this story briefly. Who um, is a a church leader, is a a great person, is, is all for God. And recently... Had, a, had an episode where they engaged in what we would describe as um, like something that was sexually immoral. And it was totally seemingly out of character. It was totally shocking. It was totally um, inappropriate. And what happened was it came out and people found out. And what I love about this story is so often the, the awful stuff that's in us that manages to slip out, whether we slip up or make an accident, the rest of us are shocked and we react and we, and we shame people and we say that is bad and that is not okay. What his friends and church leaders did was gather around him and said, what's going on in here? What is going on at the core? What roots are you believing that are not true? Let's get to the bottom of this. They didn't shame his behaviour. They looked at the root cause and they unpicked it and they moved forward forward. 
Um, and, and that's what Jesus does time and time again in the Bible. Jesus doesn't go up to people and shame them for what they're doing. The stoning of the woman, the woman at the well. He doesn't shame them. Jesus doesn't speak to the external actions, but speaks to the internal, which then has an impact on the external actions. Jesus, when he looked at, when he retold the Ten Commandments, he said, don't murder. He, he said, but if you have anger in your hearts, you've already committed that murder. Because what is the root inside here will, as mu- even if we try and stop it, it will have an impact out there. So it's not just about stopping the outward action. It's about stopping the internal root. Jesus said, if you are lusting after somebody, you have already committed adultery. Because we know that of course adultery comes from lust. So Jesus says, get right to the root of it. Let's sort this out. That will come, but sort this out first. It's like, I was thinking like New Year's resolutions or diets. They don't last. When we try and just sort out what we do out here, it just is exhausting. When I try to be perfect, when I try to do what's right and turn up for the right meetings and say the right thing, it's just exhausting. It's just draining. It's just not real. It's not honest. And, and it's just putting on a show. We're in that cycle of striving and failing and then feeling shameful. Matthew 23 says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisee hypocrites, for you cleanse the outside of the cup and plate, but inside you are full of extortion and rapacy. You blind Pharisees, first clean the inside of the cup and plate, so the outside may also be clean. You see, God is not disappointed in you. God does not disapprove of you. God is not repulsed by you. God is love. God is love. God sees all of me. He sees my mess. He sees my tantrums. He sees my savage motivations. And God loves me. So I need to give up trying to be perfect. And I can be honest with, with God. And I, can, and I will see God because when I'm totally honest with God and I see that time and time again he comes through for me and he is love and he loves me, I see God. And not only that, when I move from having things in the shadow and bringing it into the light, when I live authentically and wholeheartedly, then I not only see God myself, but I see God in others. When we are honest with God and honest with each other, we see God in each other. So my challenge today, blessed are the pure in their mind, their thinking, their emotions, their feelings, their will, for they will see God. Church, let's not just come here and sit and go just because we've come to church. Let's not just come um, to meetings or meet up with people and, and say amen at the right time and say be blessed and say all of those things. Let's be honest. Let's be real. Let's talk really. And when people show a bit of themselves to you, don't be repulsed. Don't be disgusted. 
be honest and real with yourself and let's be honest and real with each other because when we live authentically, that is when we see God. And so we're just going to move in a minute to just talking about the children's work um, and Ilana's going to come up and, um, and share with us. But I just want to just challenge you at the, at the end of, of um, the service, I'm going to be here and I, and I want to I pray for anyone who wants any prayer for anything. But you don't need me to pray with you. You can, you can just do it yourself with God. Close your eyes with the person next to you and just ask, what mask are you holding up? What facade are you putting on for the benefit of others? And just ask God just to help reveal to you what you need to just remove and what you need to just be, to be authentic with God, with yourself and with each other. Father. Dear Heavenly Father. Dear Heavenly Father. Dear Heavenly Father. Dear Heavenly Father, why do drafts look so funny? Thank you for preparing horses on the earth. Please bless the micas to be good so they'll be resurrected. Please help me to never go to the dentist. Thank you for Grandpa's birthday. Bless the day. Getting apples and out my front tooth. Thank you for all the doggies. Thank you for that haircut. Please help Christmas to come soon. Thank you for the baby's haircut. Thankful for my cat that lets me dress him in my clothes. Thank you for Jesus' haircut. Please help us to have pancakes in the morning. Please bless the toothache and come. Please protect us from big hungry sharks, tsunamis and lightning, vampires, fires and tornadoes, and mean fish in the ocean like piranhas. Please bless me not to grow a beard. Please bless that the girls won't try to kiss me at recess anymore. Please bless for me to not get cold this Christmas. Thank you for kitties. Please tell Jesus to bring the dinosaurs back again. Please bless I can share my toys with my sister. Please bless that the Tyrannosaurus Rexes will come back to eat all the bad guys. Please bless that we won't crash when we're driving. Please help me to be more grateful when you bless me. I'm thankful for this beautiful world that Jesus has created for us to live on. Thank you for loving us, even though we make mistakes. Please bless that my family can be together forever. Please help me to feel bad when I make a mistake. Please help me to be a better big brother. Please bless the poor, even though we don't know who they are. And we know that the spirits in our home are kind and nice. Please bless me to see others as you see them. Please bless I can read the scriptures even though I'm little. Please bless me with more trials because I know that's how I grow. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Looking at that video, it's no wonder that Jesus said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for before the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. The pure little prayers of children, their hearts, let the dinosaurs come back, Jesus, so they can eat the bad people, only the bad people. The purity, the faith in a child's prayers. 
Now, for those of you who don't know who I am, my name is Ilana LaRue, and I am the kids and family worker at Aaron Church. Um, I haven't been with Aaron Church for very long. I only started last September, so just over a year. And um, just a little bit of my story in a quick nutshell. Um, while I was pregnant with my son, I really seeked God, and my heart did not want to go back to work. And I seeked And my desire was to do what God wanted me to do. I wanted to do what he put me on this earth for. Only what he intended me to do. And I started seeking him. And during that time, God started speaking to us as a family. And I knew, and my husband knew, we are going to do something different as a family. God came to me in a vision And he spoke to me, and a powerful encounter with God one night was part of leading me here to this day. And we felt that God said to us that you should move to Littlehampton. Now, we didn't know anybody living in Littlehampton except one couple. Um, I didn't particularly know where Littlehampton was. I once visited it. I stopped literally in the beach car park, um, drove around to the harvesters um, car park, stopped, had a meal, got back in my car and drove off. And that's all I knew about Littlehampton, that there was a harvester and a beach. Um, As a family... We started to put things in place. We started to move. We put our um, house up for sale. Uh, We started um, applying for jobs because back then I was working in a London school. Um, I was part of SLT, um, leading the rat race of a teacher. Um, And as we are going to move, my husband is self-employed, so I need a job. So I applied for several jobs. And... Every time I felt like the door was shut and the door was shut. And I said to God, God, if we heard you right and you want us to be in Littlehampton, I need a sign. And it was in the car while I just finished dropping the children, driving home, when I said to God, I need a sign. I can't uproot my family. I can't move if this is not what you want me to do. So I need to know. And my words weren't called when I heard a ping on my phone. And that ping was an email from Aaron Church with two jobs at the bottom. One that I can apply for and one that my husband can apply for. And in that moment, I got my sign. And I knew that's what I need to do. So God reminds me every time, every now and again, he he reminds me, you are where I want you to be. You are exactly where I want you to be. And every time he reminds me, my passion for Aaron Church, my passion for Aaron Kids, grow and grow and grow. And we at Aaron Church believe that our children are important. They are the next generation. They are the next Becca. They are the next Josh. They are the next us. And they are important. And we need to invest in them.
sorry. The Bible says, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. We need to train our children up. We need to disciple them. We need to show them how it's done. We need to be the example of what a relationship with God looks like. Children learn through examples. And we need to be that example. We need to show them how it's done. We need to root our children in God. And I strongly believe if our children are rooted in God, if they are strong in a relationship, they can speak to Him, they can hear Him, they will not fall when the waves come. We can't protect them. But when the waves come and they are rooted in God, they will stand strong. The waves will wash over them and they will stand strong. They won't get washed away with the waves. Our children need to be rooted in God, in a relationship with Him. Parents, children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from Him. And today God is reminding us that we've got gifts. He's given them to us. What are we doing with them? What are we giving them? Are we giving them the biggest gift that we can ever give give them? Are we giving them God, a relationship with God, the everlasting life, the biggest gift that they can ever get? bigger than a PlayStation, they might not think that. (laughs) But it is, it's the best gift we can give them. Are we doing that? Are we investing in them? Very, very often, the busyness of life gets in the way. Football is important. Um, School is important. Art classes is important. Everything is important. But the most important thing, the biggest job we as parents have is investing in our children, making sure their spiritual life is right, putting their spiritual life first, putting their relationship with God first. Because if we don't fill them up with God, the world is going to fill them up with everything else that we don't want. So in that busyness, very often, and I am guilty of it myself, and God is reminding me where my priorities should be. That five minutes before bedtime, let's quickly read the Bible. Let's pray. Have you said your prayers? It should be every day. It shouldn't just be our kids on Sunday. It should be every day. We should invest in their spiritual life, in their relationship with God every single day not just five minutes before we are in bed. And I'm not perfect. I'm not standing up here saying, my children are amazing. I do this job every day. I don't. I don't. I'm very guilty of doing the five minutes before bedtime. But God is reminding us, what are we doing with our gifts that God has given us? 
our children and our church, our gifts. But I also believe that mum and dad is not enough. Mum and dad can't alone bring children up. It takes a community. It takes a village to bring up strong children that can stand like Daniel did. So church, I ask you today as a church to be the example for our kids as a church because they are important. Be the example that children catch that fire, that love for Jesus, that they speak to Jesus about Jesus with passion, that their whole heart loves him like we do. I ask you to partner with Aaron Kids to raise our gifts that we have in this church. I'm just going to pray. God, I thank you for every single gift that you've given us, every child in this church, God. And I say thank you for them. I ask that you help us to bring them up, to teach them what they need to know to become exactly what you have planned for them in the future. That they can step into their destiny that you've planned for them, God. God, I ask that if there is anyone that you have called to be on the Aaron Kids team, that you will burn that fire in them, God, that you will ignite that passion and that they will join us and be part of our team, God. I ask that the whole church will step up, God, will step up to teach our children what it looks like to walk with you every day. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.